Hey, I'm Michael, and this is Michael in the Middle. It's an intergenerational relational podcast for people who are interested in better human interaction. I'm glad you're here. Hey, friends, it's good to see you again or to uh, know that you're listening in again uh, here as we get into uh, episode number three of Michael in the Middle. Um, so grateful for uh, the number of you that have been tuning in and uh, even being in touch um, as we've um, rolled this new attempt out to uh, potentially improve communication. And uh, I, uh, I, I hope that it's been uh, of some encouragement to you as you've listened in uh, during these first couple of episodes. And I would encourage you to subscribe if you've not yet done so uh, over there on uh, Spotify or iTunes. And of course, if you're watching here on YouTube, love for you to re- subscribe to the channel. Uh, this episode's going to be a little different. It's just going to be me. And uh, going to talk a little bit about uh, a subject that's near and dear to my heart, uh, something that I feel very strongly about. Um, and, uh, and, and try to be right in the middle of as much as possible uh, with respect to relationships with people and uh, encouraging others to uh, pursue this as well. Um, as a Christian, I believe that uh, one of the most significant things that we've been given um, is uh, talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, um, where it talks about the ministry of reconciliation and in my view um, an extension of um, redemption. Um, Several years ago, in fact I I look back on it uh, in a blog I wrote and from which I'll be reading uh, over these next uh, few minutes, um, it's just something that uh, keeps reverberating in my mind uh, in the way that uh, I I can't even hardly explain um, I am a sucker for a redemption story. <laughs> a few years ago, I wrote that Sarah and I uh, said goodbye uh, to our friends in Dillon, Texas. Um, they, they were just characters in a TV show that ran for five years, but we became, a, I guess I would say, surprisingly attached uh, to the Dillon folks in Friday Night Lights. And it's a series that's been gone for a little while, but. Um, in, in the course of a week, we watched every episode of the last three seasons. It was summertime, Sarah was off from work, and um, I had a little downtime uh, between travel assignments. And uh, so we would spend uh, those summer nights, uh, not unlike this night, although uh, I'm recording um, on, uh, on Wednesday, I guess it's August the 17th, um, and hope to air it here in a couple of days, but boy, it's a beautiful night out here on our deck. And uh, so it's kind of stripped down. It's just me with my iPhone and a microphone and uh, a couple of props here behind me to, to help me make sure I stay on time and on task. But um, those summer nights a few years ago when we uh, wrapped up that, that series uh, will always be kind of a treasured memory. Uh, I'm a sports nut, but I like to study relationships and and that was a show that was built on them. Uh, a show like uh, Friday Night Lights engrosses a viewer, um, I guess you could say, when the creators attach enough real-life situations combined with believable acting. And although 
Texas High School football provided an intriguing backdrop for the show. Uh, for Sarah and me, it also showed a lot of the life situations we've seen in the lives of students we've worked with over the years. Sarah um, recently retired, well it's been almost three years ago now from uh, teaching, but she taught for over 30 years in public schools and uh, I've worked with Christian colleges uh, for, oh goodness, uh, do the math on it, I guess 36 years, 33 now actually beginning my 33rd year in my work at uh, Treveca Nazarene University here in Nashville. I think you could say we've pretty much seen and heard it all. So whether uh, a kid came from a family of means or poverty, um, you know, a single parent home, whether that was through divorce or never married or uh, deceased, uh, some, some had parents who had seemingly successful careers and some had parents who were incarcerated. Regardless of the backdrop there, one thing was always present in the lives of those kids that we were working with and young adults and that was the search for meaning identity and I believe redemption even when people don't know they're looking for it I think I think they're looking for redemption for for being told that they're gonna be okay and that 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 there's somebody that sees them and and cares about what's going on in their life we thoroughly enjoyed that show and you know there were some themes in it that probably we would have um, maybe I don't know rewritten or whatever but uh, there was a there's an overriding theme that kept emerging and you may guess it by now that uh, when I saw lights uh, I saw more than anything uh, the frequent the frequent reoccurrence of um, the idea of redemption um, maybe I could summarize it this way every character in each of the five seasons in Friday Night Lights um, had its share of highs and lows, joys and sorrows, euphoria, pain. Uh, somehow, the writers of that show found a way, even with the most undesirable of characters, um, mean-spirited, angry, sometimes despicable almost, um, I think the writers found a way to allow them to make the most of, of what I would call a second or third or fourth, and as I wrote in my block, maybe a tenth uh, chance. Um, I'm thinking most of the people I'm closest to resonate with the idea of redemption. Uh, I know the church that we attend talks a lot about it. Um, the circles that we run in um, seem to talk about it, like I said before. I'm always a sucker for a happy ending in a movie or TV show, but you know, where does this desire for redemption come from? Again, I think it comes from the heart of God. Here's how redemption is defined in one word search I did. Um, redemption is the improving of something, uh, the act of saving something or somebody from a declined, dilapidated, or corrupted state and restoring it or him or her to a better condition redemption you know no matter where we look uh, someone we know maybe even the one in the mirror um, is in need of redemption sometimes even when it's due to our own uh, stupid choices maybe we just need to know that there's a road back to a better place so um, I think we need redemption in our relationships with ourselves and with each other uh, we need to know that our failures and shortcomings don't have to define us. 
We need to know that the second chances aren't just reserved for somebody else. We need to know that anyone or anything has a shot at getting better. We need to know that we might be the path to redemption that God could use to help restore someone to a better condition. A few months ago, um, you know, I was thinking back to a time when I was talking with someone about the fact, and in fact, it was my brother, Jeffrey. We, we were talking about, about this, and I, I said, you know, I don't think we hold grudges. Grudges actually hold us. They, they're unrelenting. And carrying a grudge is sort of a euphemism. Uh, we don't hold grudges. Grudges hold us. That's what I think. So while I was talking with my brother, he said, um, uh, when we were, I think we were discussing someone that we, uh, you know, it just came up that there was this, there was a person that we knew that was carrying a constant spirit of offense. And, and Jeffrey just said, what a heavy thing to carry. Uh, we're easily offended these days, sometimes with good reason, but sometimes it's just because we've been conditioned to respond that way. So I want to, I want to kind of talk just for a few more minutes about, uh, the, the fact that in order for redemption to occur, we just need to let go of that, which is holding us back from doing what's best. Uh, a few years ago, I, I, I read a story on ESPN's website, and it had an attachment to um, a, a great uh, film segment um, that ESPN producer Lisa Finn had put together. Uh, she's no longer with ESPN, but it's still one of the most gripping stories I think I've ever um, encountered, especially um, in a sports-related uh, field. Lisa's story detailed the story of two Cleveland area high school students who had experienced what she termed unimaginable pain and suffering that included significant physical harm. Their emotional trauma had taken an even greater toll, but Lisa wasn't content to simply share their story. She couldn't just move on to the next assignment. Here's an excerpt from Lisa. These are Lisa Finn's words. The two young men that she was um, uh, talking about and dealing with were named D'Artagnan and Leroy. So here's this, uh, a few lines from Lisa Finn's own words. But D'Artagnan and Leroy eased me in graciously. As we filmed over the course of five months, I tagged along to their classes, to their practices, and on team bus rides. They taught me their lingo and poked fun when I tried to use it. They opened up about their struggles. D'Artagnan, with great eagerness, as I think he had waited his entire life for someone to want to know him, to truly see him, Leroy's revelations emerged more reluctantly. He had been emotionally abandoned too many times before. But sharing his past began a type of therapy for him. Both began to believe that perhaps I genuinely cared. Lisa Finn continues, I stayed because I would not be next on the list of people who walked out and over their trust. Here's a bit more from Finn. D'Artagnan later told me it was during that week of errands that he grew convinced God placed me into his life for reasons beyond television, that no one else would have taken the time and money to help him in those ways. I stayed 
because my heart was too heavy for my legs to walk away. Dark clouds hung over every turn of D'Artagnan's and Leroy's lives, and I found myself pleading with the heavens to end this madness. That summer, I feverishly edited Carry On, praying that just one viewer would be moved to help these boys in meaningful ways. But instead, follow its, following its original airings, hundreds emerged. Emails from Africa to England, from Idaho to Ipswich flooded my inbox. Every viewer offering money and sharing personal accounts of how this extraordinary friendship shook their souls awake. D'Artagnan and Leroy were no longer invisible. Their plights mattered to a world inspired. I curled up on my kitchen floor and wept. I don't know, Lisa Finn, she left ESPN for other pursuits a few years ago. Um, but uh, man, that story has gripped me in such a way. And the way she wrote it, the power of the words was exceeded only by the authenticity of her words. She could not walk away from D'Artagnan and Leroy. In one of the closing scenes of Friday Night Lights, I remember uh, Coach Taylor looking at Vince, a young man who had come from a very tough background and says, you may never know how proud I am of you. And Vince responded, you changed my life, Coach. Here's what I believe. The need for redemption is all around us. And you and I can be the conduit of redemption that God might use to change the trajectory of someone's life. Perhaps even that of our own. This podcast has turned into uh, something for me that's actually very personal. The, uh, the idea of calling it Michael in the middle has disturbed some. Uh, because it, it sounds like I'm... I'm shifting back and forth or not really willing to take a stand on one side or the other and, and nothing could be further from the truth. I am I am squarely in the middle of of a quest to do what I can to encourage people to stand in the gap. As I've said before, to be a bridge builder, to look for ways to help bring people together. Um, I'm no miracle worker. I'm not even trying to be. I'm just trying to be a guy and trying to be faithful to what I believe is, is something that I've really been uh, perhaps called to do. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there thinking as you're listening, I know some people that need redemption. I know some relationships that need mending. I know that there are some situations that if I don't do something, maybe nobody else will. And I think what I'm trying to ask us to do um, is just to look for ways that we can do something to make a difference in the lives of someone else. In the 1998 movie, Hope Floats, I can't believe it's been that long ago, Sandra Bullock plays the role of a jilted wife and mother who, uh, in her moment of greatest pain and betrayal, ends up taking her daughter back to her childhood home to live with her mother. They occasionally drop in on her dad who's in a care facility to help him deal with his Alzheimer's and her mother dies unexpectedly, um, you know, in the movie and it just a lot of sadness associated with it. The movie didn't short circuit the re reality of pain. It takes a long time for Bullock's character, Birdie, to even open up to the idea that Justin, played by Harry Connick, 
might be the personification that uh, hope for a better day uh, still exists. Uh, it's a mostly somber movie that has a nicely sweet and hope-filled ending. For me, the idea of hope is something that I return to often. I've had a good life with uh, many so-called blessings, and I can truly say that God has been better to me than I ever deserved. I don't think God loves me more than anyone else, but I am nevertheless grateful uh, for the good things that um, I have enjoyed in my life. I, I, I also need to tell you that life has not always turned out the way I hoped that it would. There have been moments of sadness, of disappointment, and downright pain. And I'm thinking maybe there have been those kinds of moments for you too. Recently at the funeral service of a saintly man, I heard my friend Dwight Gunner say, Hope is not a wish. Hope is a promise. That's amazing. I've been thinking about this a lot, and it leads me to this question. Are you hoping or wishing? Um, back to Hope Floats um, for a second. Bertie was wishing for most of the movie that uh, she could have avoided the sadness that had invaded her life. But until she encountered Justin, she didn't have much in the way of hope. It took her a long time to believe that there was any reason uh, to believe that things could really get better. No amount of wishing could bring to pass that which she needed most. It, it took uh, a patient, persistent other person to offer her hope. Justin promised her that he would be there when she was ready to receive his love and care, and he was. Bertie's hopes were not in vain. Um, I, I have to admit that God has not always granted my wishes, but God has always been my ultimate source of hope. And many times, God has shown up to offer hope in the form of another human being. I want to live my life in ways that become channels of hope for people who wonder if things will ever be better and I do believe this with all my heart that God will use us to help someone else whenever and wherever our ability to do so meets our willingness to do so that's at the heart of redemption redemption offers hope be a hope floater <laughs> be a redemption uh, giver and and conduit I, I believe you can do that I believe we can all do that and I believe we can make a difference in this world as we open ourselves up to the idea that maybe just maybe someone else's life can be improved by the way that we live ours I know that sounds kind of like a broken record but if you're gonna be listening to this podcast you're gonna be hearing some similar themes that's what Michael in the Middle is really all about, trying to be in the middle of making life better for someone else. Uh, it means a lot to me that you're tuning in. Like I said in the opening, I, I hope you'll subscribe if you've not already done so to however you're getting this podcast. And I'd love to hear from you if there are things that um, you know you have been able to be in the middle of that you know made a difference in the life of someone else. Um, and I hope that you'll tune in again next week because I have a really special guest that uh, will um, I, I assure you we've already taped it it's gonna last longer than this one did but goodness uh, I, I uh, have enjoyed being here tonight and enjoying um, the process of becoming more um, amenable and available and um, and more convinced than ever that we can we can make a difference 
See you next time.